From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm Jennifer Shaw, appropriations reporter at CQ, filling in this week for David Lerman. Welcome to the CQ Budget Podcast. This week, the House will debate and vote on the first batch of fiscal 2019 spending bills. The House is starting off by packaging the energy water, legislative branch, and military construction VA bills into one package. For more details on those bills, you can either go to a previous CQ Budget Podcast or check out our articles online. If those bills pass, it'll leave the House with nine more spending bills to move across the floor and the Senate with a packed legislative schedule that not only includes appropriations bills, but nominations and other authorization bills. Joining me today to talk about how the rest of the summer is shaping up for the spending bills is CQ budget and appropriations reporter Ryan McCrimmon and roll call senior Senate reporter Niels Lesniewski. Thank you. Good to be here. Ryan, can you explain the biggest policy issues in the three spending bills that are going to be on the House floor this week and why it is that House leadership has decided to move those bills in these minibus packages as opposed to individually or in that 12-bill omnibus? Sure. So the idea behind moving these minibuses is essentially just to speed up the process. I think lawmakers pretty much roundly accept the fact that they're not going to pass all 12 appropriations bills individually the way that it's theoretically supposed to be done, but never really happens because that's just a huge task and there's other things to be done. So they're starting off with these three bills that you mentioned, Energy and Water, Legislative Branch, and Military Construction VA, three of the least controversial of the 12 annual spending bills. There are some issues that could be problematic, but in general, these are three fairly non-controversial bills. And House leadership is expected to continue that safe amendment process with the appropriations bills this year, where uh, any lawmaker that wants an amendment to an appropriations bill has to first submit it to the Rules Committee, and then the Rules Committee decides what amendments can go to the floor for debate and a vote. That's known as a structured rule, and that will get rid of most of the polarizing issues that could be pretty tough for House members to take a vote on in a midterm election year. But we are still going to see some tough votes on the House floor on these bills. I mean, they they fund a broad swath of federal government programs. And so how do you expect the Rules Committee to sort of sift through these amendments and determine what goes to the floor and what gets held back? Yeah, so I think they'll what they've done is in the past is just sort of filter out the most sort of politically charged amendments and things that often don't have very much to do with the spending bill itself. For example, uh, some Democrats this year have, have filed amendments to these to these bills that would block spending by any of these agencies at Trump properties. That's something that Democrats have done. It's it's clearly just sort of a, a shot at the president. And so things like that will almost certainly get filtered out, won't get floor votes. But things that are more related to the policy and the bills, um, whether it's energy regulations, clean water rules, things like that, those often do get floor votes and are more controversial and can, you know, every once in a while appear in campaign advertisements. So, so there will be some uh, more uh, tricky votes for, for members on both sides, but nothing that's sort of too outlandish. And it seems like the House is going to continue with this mini-bus strategy for the remaining nine appropriations bills. Is that what you expect? That's sort of the plan as of now. We'll see if how far they get. Um, there's not, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of time once you factor in the August recess before the new fiscal year begins October 1st. So it's unclear if they'll get through all of the bills. Last year, they ended up passing all 12 at once in September. Um, 
they could end up in that situation again. But their their plan as of now is to pass more of these minibus bills. Like I said, these three are the least controversial, the easiest to pass. So at some point they may um, they may struggle to keep moving these packages. And once the House does start sending some of these packages over to the Senate, that chamber will start its own process with its own version of the spending bills that the Senate Appropriations Committee has begun marking up so far. It's been a bit problematic in past years to try to get spending bills onto the Senate floor. There's, of course, a a lot of different procedure in the Senate than there is in the House. Um, So, Niels, can you talk to us a little bit about how Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is planning this summer? Sure. Uh, Senator McConnell is is looking to take up uh, these on the appropriation side to take up these packages uh, as they arrive from the House in the same uh, configuration, most likely that they arrive from the House. So with the House apparently going to send over this energy and water legislative branch and, and Milcon VA package. Uh, What we're probably going to see is that being the first uh, effort uh, to reach uh, the Senate floor as well. Uh, And and the question then becomes how much time uh, McConnell is is willing uh, and able uh, to dedicate to to each batch of three bills. Now, he told me in an interview uh, just before Memorial Day that uh, thus far things are going well in communicating with Chuck Schumer, the minority leader, the Democratic leader, uh, about getting on to these bills without having the procedural hurdles that that sometimes get put up uh, on the front end. Uh, And if the bills are sort of the bipartisan products that they they tend to be coming out of the Senate Appropriations Committee, uh, there's a real possibility that you could get 60 votes uh, to pass them on the floor, the the hiccup is always about the amendments in the Senate uh, because the Senate has no uh, rules committee like Ryan was talking about in the House where basically, uh, frankly, when, when we say the rules committee, we really mean the speaker's office gets to pick which amendments are allowed votes on the, the House floor. Uh, that doesn't really happen quite the same way in the Senate. Can you walk us through a little bit about what Leader McConnell may do in terms of the amendment process in the Senate? Do you think he'll fill the tree or do you think we could get into a situation where we have, you know, a whole lot of contentious amendments being offered to these spending bills? I think that ultimately McConnell is probably going to have to do what we call filling the tree, which is uh, basically to block uh, and fill out all of the available spots Uh, for amendments, I I think that he's going to uh, most likely try, at least on these earlier bills, uh, to give the leaders of the Appropriations Committee, uh, whether that's um, Richard Shelby and Pat Leahy, uh, the chairman and and vice chairman, as as they call the the ranking Democrat on the the Appropriations Committee, uh, and the subcommittee leadership, uh, to try and figure out uh, how to move as many amendments as possible. Um, And certainly with the first bill, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if energy and water is in the package, if much of the heavy lifting is left to Lamar Alexander, the Republican from Tennessee, uh, and Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat from California, to try and put the bill together. The two of them really want to be at the front of the line 
and since they really want to be at the front of the line, uh, this could be both the blessing and the curse for them because they're the ones who are probably going to have to figure out how the process works. And what's your best guess on how many of these spending bills the Senate can get passed before the August recess, if we have an August recess this year? Well, I, I would say that I could see a situation where there are maybe nine bills passed before uh, the Senate leaves for August recess. That would be three, probably three minibus packages. Uh, in the Senate, it always uh, seems to be impossible to move uh, for different reasons. Uh, there's always some sort of argument about the labor HHS and education bill. Uh, sometimes the Democrats uh, will hold back votes on the defense appropriation bill. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to get through three packages. However, and maybe anticipating the next question here, uh, this isn't the only thing that McConnell wants to do. And so the ability to get through appropriation bills is going to be somewhat contingent, I think, on the cooperation that he gets on moving uh, both authorization bills and, and nominations. And of course, even if the House holds a vote on this this package and then the Senate holds a vote on the same package and they both chambers vote to approve those bills, there are different spending levels in the House and the Senate for each of these bills. And there is definitely going to be different policy and different amendments that get added to these packages. So then after those House floor votes and Senate floor votes, they'll have to go to conference, which is that closed door process where the chair and ranking member, as well as their staff from each side, sort of get into room and hash out all the differences. And once that process is complete, this legislation will have to go back to each chamber for a final vote before it can head to the president. Donald Trump's desk for his signature. Um, but we will be following all of that for you here at CQ and Roll Call. A special thanks to my guest, uh, Ryan McCrimmon and Niels Lesniewski, for joining me this week. Thanks for having us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter at CQ Now or at Roll Call. Mm-hmm.